This is A Mind Controlled Life, a podcast for a better mental state. Eliminate self-defeating behaviours and be in more control. With your host, Elaine Blidgen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to A Mind Controlled Life podcast with me, your host, Elaine Blidgen. Hello! How are you? I hope you are in a fantastic mood today and you've had a great week. Welcome back. For those of you who don't know me, because I keep forgetting to make this introduction, for those of you who don't know me, it's your first time listening to me, I am a mindset achievement coach. Basically, anything that you find that you can't do, if you are stuck in your life, if you have angst in your life, if you've had any sort of depression or anxiety and you're either in recovery or you're trying various things to keep you buoyant, I get inside your mindset, twiddle around with a few things and you change how you feel in those same situations that used to trigger you to now they don't trigger you. And eventually, doing this long enough, you get to be where I am now with pretty much normal levels of anxiety, because I don't feel any, to be honest, but, you know, I'm sure there's going to be situations for all of us where we get triggered or whatever, but now I feel quote-unquote normal. So that's what I do. So welcome to you if you are new here. What are we going to talk about today? Well, I was thinking about this quote that I read. It's never too late to have a happy childhood by someone called Tom Robbins. Don't know who he, or yeah, probably he, he is. And I was thinking, "Mm." now that's a provocative statement because given that we're all adults here, how on earth is it even possible to have a happy childhood once we've left it? That is what I would have thought years ago before I got onto this path. And what's interesting about this is at the time when I started reading the self-help books and going on various little trainings, my mindset at that time was the way I was born was it. Who I was when I was a child was it. And in fact, when I went to college to become a nursery nurse, uh, to work with babies, essentially, there was a, one of the textbooks that we had to have talked about child development and there was a poem or a phrase that said, give me a child until he's seven and I will show you a man. I don't know who that's by, but that's quite a famous quote or, or line. Essentially saying that when we observe children up to the age of seven, We are seeing them as they will be as an adult. That's what's stuck into my mind. And I've carried that with me. So I carried that with me. And then I was already in angst and anxiety and all the other stuff, thinking that I was born defective and that I would never not feel the way I was. But what I could do was learn how to manage it better. So I would avoid situations where... I got triggered. I would try and control the other situations that I couldn't avoid. But essentially, I was born in one way and that was it. 
so that I come across various quotes. And a quote like that, it's never too late to have a happy childhood, I'd have scoffed at. And I'm sure you would too, because we are adults. We've gone past childhood. You know, we can't do anything with that. Or can't we? Everything that you and I do comes from only, only one place that's inside our head. So you made a decision to get up this morning, to have your coffee, your tea, your water, your smoothie, your kombucha, your green tea, whatever it is that you do in the mornings. Or you might be fasting, you might have cream cakes and chocolate, whatever you do. You first had to decide that's what you were going to do. That only came from your mindset. It didn't come from anywhere else. Even though I believe for the majority of my life that it did. So given that as being true, let's go back to that quote. It's never too late to have a happy childhood. What does that actually mean? It means that we get a second Is it a second bite of the cherry? I think I've heard that somewhere. We get a do-over, a makeover. No, a do-over, that's what it is. Because we are living the perceptions of our childhood, of our past. Think about that. When we were younger and we, say, had to go to bed when it got dark, fair enough. But then let's say you had... Two brothers like I had. I've got three brothers, but these two were the older ones. And what they did when we went to bed, they captured a moth and put it in a tin, which, of course, is not very nice, but, you know, we were children. And they did that to scare me because they knew that, well, actually, they didn't know. They were hoping that the moth would be flapping around, which it did in the tin. And I could hear it. So I was getting really, really scared. And my mind started playing tricks on me. I started imagining all these awful things that were in the room at the time. So much so that my bed was up against the wall. And I couldn't turn over to look at the wall because I thought there'd be a face in it. And do you know where I got that from? Previous to that, years before, in junior school, so up to the age of 11, for Christmas, we went to see A Christmas Carol, you know, the old black and white version. And I remember one scene where the ghost of Christmas, I don't know, was it past or present or past, past probably, his face came out of the wall or something like that. So I had that as well. So I couldn't turn over to face the wall because I thought there would be a face staring at me. I heard this noise from under the bed, which was my brother's putting this moth in a tin and it was flapping around. So I have all this stuff and my imagination started over overworking itself. And that stayed with me for years. Then I thought the way I thought and the things that happened to me was it. Nothing I could do about it. Because at the time, I was too scared to turn over. At the time, I didn't know where that sound was coming from. And even though my brothers gave in and said, yes, it's us doing it, it stayed with me. So let's think about that. 
I now think about that with fond memories. But the only reason I could think about that with fond memories is because I've done work to know that my thoughts are not real. But let's imagine I hadn't quite got to that stage and I was still thinking that whatever I thought of was real, i.e. I can't turn over to look at the wall because there's going to be a face staring at me and it's going to scare me. So I slept on um, with my back facing the wall, breathing heavily, hoping that nothing bad would happen to me. If I take that with me, I will have this unconscious urge that if I went to a hotel room or I slept in at my friend's house, that I couldn't face the wall. Because you can see where these little things that we do, they start from. They start from when we're children. We make up all these stories about what, what it actually means. And then we develop these habits that we don't even know where they've come from as an adult. But we can trace them back if we're open enough to see that. So if you then change that by seeing it, oh, that was just a childhood memory or it, it and somehow gets to the stage where you don't believe it to be true. It was just your an active imagination and I'd be good as a writer, maybe. That now has a different spin. You know about spin doctors, don't you? I never used to know what spin doctoring actually meant. So we are now putting spin on our own memories. And when we do that, we get to have a happy childhood because we don't think of the memories where I was too scared to turn over because a face would be staring at me. We get to think of how my brothers played a practical joke on me and it was funny in the end. I don't believe that we shouldn't delve into our past. So many people talk about coaching and therapy. And they make this big distinction that, you know, you can't go to a coach and the coach should not talk about your past. A coach should only give you what you can do going forward. My argument has always been, we are who we are because of what we were in the past and how we see ourselves from the past. We didn't just plunk ourselves down as an adult and everything that came before us didn't exist. Everything that we've experienced has had an effect on us in some way or another. So I don't believe that. So I don't think we can be happy if we deny that we're scared of dogs. And that when I was, I don't know, five years old, a black dog came up, probably trying to just play with me. But as a five-year-old, it was a ferocious black dog I cut my knees open in as much as I had to go to the hospital and get stitches because I ran from this dog because I was so scared. And I am still, to this day, scared of black dogs. If I see a Rottweiler or a Mastiff or any sort of ferocious-looking black dog, I will cross over on the other side of the road. That came from when I was very, very young and... I was always scared of dogs because of that one incident. And even though I've worked on it over the time, I, in fact, I went into somebody's house, it was two years ago, 
and she had one of these you know the, these little gorgeous little dog lovely little thing really gorgeous cute thing and then one day it started growling as i walked closer to it it started growling and I couldn't, so what I did was I'd stopped giving it eye contact. I couldn't understand. And do you know what it was? The the person who owned the house, she had bought some cakes or something. And I don't know how, she said to me that the dog, when the children, her children were very much younger, babies and things, used to be quite protective of the children. So she used to buy her children these cakes and things. And the dog would think that she was going to eat them or something like that. Anyway, something weird. But it started barking every time she went near the bag and growling. And it turned into this vicious little animal. This cute dog suddenly just turned. Now, I have never seen that before. Well, I have. I've seen it on TV. See, all these memories are now coming back, aren't they? I've seen it on TV when it was, was it a Koji? Anyway, this, and it started slavering and rabid. It, this dog turned like that and then literally she said, she shouted at it, took the bag and it became this gorgeous, cute little animal again. Now think about that. I've got this thing around dogs. I've got into myself where, okay, I don't cross over the road all the time, but I do sometimes. I'm not going to go up to a stray dog and pat it or say, hello, how, how are you? No, I'm not going to do that. And then this dog that is as cute as anything suddenly turns into this rabid little thing and starts growling and barking, even at its own owner. No. So we are reacting from our past. And so, but if I change that, which I have to a degree, if we change lots of those associations to not mean that every single dog in the entire universe is a horrible dog, which is not. I can now just single out, there are certain dogs that people like them to be vicious, so I'll stay away. But the cute dogs, they're fine. I don't feel scared. I still wouldn't go up to a, a, a strange dog and try to pat it or anything like that because, you know, it's not. they don't know me. I'm a stranger. So what I'm trying to say here is, Get rid of, not get rid of, yeah, do something about those memories that you've got because you're living your memories now. You're living what it was like for you in the past when you were five and six and seven. And if I say to you, as you think about a time in the past where you were not feeling good, what comes to mind? You may have a memory of when you went to the park and you wanted to go on the swing, but nobody would let you. Or you went to a roller coaster and then you felt sick after because you'd eaten something and you shouldn't have gone on the roller coaster after you'd eaten. It doesn't matter what memory it is, but it will have influenced how you see yourself now as an adult and going forward. And the only reason that we want to get rid of this is because we want to feel good in every situation that we could ever think of. Apart from the extreme situations like being in a war, or being in an accident, you know, anything like that. We want to be able to feel comfortable and at ease within ourselves. So now, I genuinely feel good in pretty much every situation. I say pretty much because the I've not been in every situation. But in all the situations that I find myself in now, 
where I used to feel anxious, I feel nothing. I feel good. I mean, the other week at my speakers club, I was giving a speech and I'd practised it, did it, thoroughly enjoyed it. But then we get feedback. People write on slips of paper what was good, what could be improved. And a couple of people said that I, it was, um, one said it wasn't impactful, but the other 14 said it was. <laughs> so I always find that so interesting. But the feedback I got was that I was shouting, so which I was, but it was too much. And the structure wasn't there because it was, it was complex. And I, because I thought it was quite simple, but there you go. This is the nature of feedback. And at the time I thought, okay. And then when I came home and, and thought about it, I thought, okay, that's fine. Done. No more thinking, no more ruminating, no more wishing I'd said it different and done this and done the other. All gone. So that's my message for you. Find those instances in your childhood specifically where something happened that you did not like. And if you're brave enough, trace the meaning you gave to you then and that situation then, and you will notice that it's at work with you now, it's in your relationship now, it's with you and your children now, or it's with you and your grandchildren, it's you when you're at the park, it's you when you're at the shops, it's you when you're watching TV, it's you when you're in bed. It's you everywhere. We are a product of our childhood. But if you can find those memories and you can reframe them, you can change them to mean something different, i.e. when my brothers put that moth in the tin and it was frightening me, when I had the idea that there was a face in the wall, that I see that as just an overactive imagination that needs to write it down somewhere and turn it into a story, changes it but if I see it as oh my gosh I was so anxious as a child and I just always felt so scared and just leave it at that then that that changes me too and that stays with me but reframe it to mean that was just an overmatch imagination it was a great prank to to do and I might write that down and use it as a story sometime which is what I'm telling you now isn't it so what do you think do you agree that your childhood has the solutions to why you feel the way you feel now and why you react in the way that you react now? Or do you think, no, Elaine, a lot of hooey. When we've done our childhood, we can't go back. There's no way we can have a happy childhood. Well, you know what I think? I know we can because that's what I've been doing for years now. Finding all those trigger points and where they started. So you go into your garden You've got those dandelions growing in your grass like I have now. They're growing ferociously. I can cut the head off or I can ignore that they're there or I can get my trowel in, dig up the root. And in fact, this is what I did last week. There was one really giant one in the garden. So I got my little fork, dug it up. You should have seen the size of the root that came out. That will not be there now. This is what we want. Go back to your childhood. Find the root of when this issue started. Change it there and you will have a happy childhood in your memory because our memories cannot tell reality from fantasy. And I know you know that. 
So when you do this, that's what has happened to you. It doesn't say, uh, 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 no, 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 this is what really happened. It goes, oh, this is what happened. That's what my memory is. Yeah? Yeah. So you can live a mind-controlled life, not because I say so, but because there are already aspects of your life that are under your control. You just may not know where they are and how to ensure that. And that's why I'm here. I'll speak to you soon.